Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, Joel Brzezinski here. Mike Kapler with me as well. Yes, indeed, this is Growing in Grace, and it's our weekly podcast. You can find us on various sources across the internet. Thank you uh, for tuning in. Whichever way you've tuned in, we're glad to have you along. We'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, You can uh, get a hold of us at graceroots at gmail.com or, of course, check out the website graceroots.org. And uh, there's lots of information there, as well as, of course, the, the the archive of all of our past Growing in Grace programs. Yeah, well, and, and you know, I know we, we've started out a, a lot of programs by talking about the fact that uh, we like to focus on on truly good news. I mean, that that's what Jesus brought. That's that's why he was so popular, I think, Joel. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't uh, he wasn't uh, he, he was talking about the same God that the uh, that the Pharisees were. But he was doing it in an entirely different way. You know, people had somehow just figured out or, or had figured that God was far away and that he was an angry God. And Jesus comes along talking about the same God, but in an entirely different light. And, um, I, you know, pe- you couldn't keep the crowds away. I mean, so, you know, he was talking about good news. You don't get big crowds just talking about bad news all the time, at least not. Not consistently, and not the same people. They'll they'll give up on you eventually if if you're if you're preaching bad news. But that's not what Jesus was doing. Yeah, both in word and in action. I mean, he was doing good stuff for people, healing people, and comforting people, uh, sharing, like you say, good news with people. And 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 here's the thing, that uh, sometimes that something that would happen to them, perhaps under the old covenant, if they did something wrong, uh, they would be put to shame. They would uh, be declared guilty uh, for the things they'd done wrong, and they had to go through a process of sacrifices, of all kinds of things, in order that their shame could be temporarily taken away, even though it never really was taken away. The guilt and the shame of, of their sin was never fully, completely taken away until the blood of Jesus Christ. And so what Jesus did when he came is, you know, if you notice with the story of the the woman caught in adultery, everybody around there was wanting to put her to shame. They wanted her to die for her crime. And Jesus comes along and he covers her shame, so to speak. Instead of shaming her with the rest of the people, he shows her that she can be forgiven. He frees her. And he takes away the guilt and the shame and uh, makes it so that everyone else understands that they're just as guilty as her. And so because of that, because of Jesus showing his compassion and taking away her shame, she can go away free. And the last thing Jesus says to her, one of the last things anyway, go and sin no more, that wasn't to put her to shame. That was to say, hey, uh, you've been forgiven. You are free. You are now free to live as a free creature, a free creation of God now uh, go go and live that way. It, it, you know, so many people take that to me that you know he was just saying, "All right, you'd better darn well not sin again." It was nothing like that. He unleashed something in her that had never been unleashed before, and that was freedom, freedom from guilt and shame. Yeah, and and that's really what the new covenant is is about. Something else we've talked about before is um, you know, Paul encouraged us to forgive others. As God has forgiving has forgiven us, 
Um, because we've been forgiven, now, you know, we ought to forgive others too. Not to be forgiven, should we forgive others, mm -hmm. but because we've been forgiven, in the same light of what you were talking about there too, Joel, I, I like how you put it, because a lot of people do think that. They just think Jesus was wagging his finger at her, saying, look, I got you out of it this time, but don't ever do this again. And, and some people will think that he's implying, if, if it happens again, I'm not going to be here for you. You know, right. I, you'll, you'll be back in trouble uh, for the rest of eternity. Uh, that's how a lot of people might interpret something like that. But, but you're right. I mean, uh, I, I also heard one time somebody said that uh, there was some at least uh, uh, implication in the original language that when Jesus said, go and, and sin no more, he was specifically referring to that sin. Um, and we know she was caught in the act of adultery. And I know everybody always wonders, what happened to the guy? I, I even wonder that today, Joel. There's this talk about Sharia law, and I don't know anything about it, except that I know it's, it seems like it's demeaning to women. And, and uh, even in today's age, I guess, if a woman is caught in adultery under the Sharia law, she's uh, to be put to death. But I'd never heard on the news recently anything about the guy. I mean, is, is there a Sharia law for guys? I mean, hmm. anyway, uh, mm -hmm. getting off the, the track here. <laughs> but so tell me, Joel, what, I, I'm not an expert when, when it comes to the topic of shame in the Bible. So we talk a lot about guilt, and, and you and I have addressed that. Uh, is there a difference between guilt and shame, or, or do they go together somehow? Oh, I suppose they're they're intertwined in a way. I, I, maybe you can't have one without the other. I don't know, uh, and I've not done a word study. Uh, you know, I'm not an expert either. But you know, the the gist that I get when when um, when talking about guilt and shame is that is that they go together. You've uh, just in general, you've done a crime, you've done something wrong, you've sinned, and so you're guilty of having committed that sin and along with that goes the shame of having committed that crime and and you and people will carry around both the guilt and the shame and again perhaps they're intertwined of having done what they've done and the thing with uh with Christ is is that in in the way that he approached people in the way that he dealt with people when he knew that they had sinned and and here's the thing. Here's Jesus came as someone who was born under the law. He was he was born of a woman, born under the law, and he he ministered the law to people for for the proper purpose, as we've talked about before, not to not to uh, make people guilty, but to show people uh, how in and of themselves there's nothing that they could do to get right with God. But here's. Here's here's what James said in, in James two ten for whatever for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point he is guilty of all that's what that's the law's approach to sin <laughs> if you stumble in even one point you're guilty of all along comes Jesus and and his approach to people he knew the law he knew exactly how the law made people guilty and uh, and and instead of uh, pronouncing judgment upon them, and, and instead of allowing people to walk in their guilt for a while and, and just to walk in the shame, shame on you for what you've done, uh, instead of doing that, again, as with the woman caught in adultery and with many, many more people that he came across, it was more like walk in freedom. Now, your guilt is taken away. Here, here, I've come to take away your guilt and your shame. So walk in freedom. And So I don't know, what are your thoughts, Cap, along that idea of what you're bringing up? Guilt and shame, you know, you say you're no expert, neither am I, but what are your thoughts? 
<laughs> since when have we been experts on anything we've talked about? That's probably why this We're just going down so the long. same road we've been doing for five and a half years. But hang in there with us, and, and thanks for hanging out, by the way. We're, we're just a couple of guys just having a grace conversation here about the Scripture. But, you know, the Pharisees, much like legalists today, I think, Joel, um, they at times re- revealed their fears concerning this message of Jesus. I know we've uh, we've applied this to the teachings of Paul, but the same is true with with the master himself, with Jesus. The, these religious people, they were afraid that when people believed this good news that we were talking about when the program started, when, when people would actually begin to believe what Jesus was saying, or the Apostle Paul or, or uh, anybody in the Scripture who was uh, preaching the true gospel, uh, these, these religious people, they, they were afraid that uh, people would just fall into sin. Uh, and, and they didn't understand that the law affects the outer man, while mercy, grace, and, and true love will affect the inner man. And uh, so this message of forgiveness that, that Jesus was, uh, you know, toting around with him, they thought he was kind of promoting a, a loose and, you know, sort of a lascivious lifestyle or something. But, uh, but contrary to that line of thinking, the, the good news that we like to talk about here, this good news that Jesus preached, what it did, it caused people to fall in love with God. It caused them to trust uh, God, perhaps at a, when before they, they dreaded having to, to face God in some way. It, it caused them to want to draw near to the one that they had been hiding from. Uh, and so uh, I, I think that good news trumps guilt and shame every single time. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that um, you know this, this woman caught in the act of adultery, for example, that you were talking about... <sighs> She, let's, uh, let's look at it this way. Uh, Jesus not only took away her guilt and shame, and our guilt and shame, yours and mine, uh, he took away our sin that causes the guilt mm-hmm. and the shame. Mm-hmm. You know, think of somebody who does a, a really bad crime. You can name the crime yourself and suppose they get sentenced to 50 years in jail, which I suppose these days means... Uh, the better part of 10 years they would have to serve, I don't know. Uh, but they they get sentenced to many years, they serve their sentence, and somehow now we as a society, and maybe they as a person, feel like uh, they no longer have to carry guilt and shame because they paid their debt. They paid their debt to society. And uh, and yet, with with the guilt and shame that a lot of people experience, uh, even even Christians today, Joel, a lot of these people that are experiencing this, there's no reason to, because... Um, not, you know, because people want to somehow when they do something wrong, they want to, they want to do something to make up for it, to make it right. And you and I can't do that Mm -hmm. when it comes to sin. But Jesus did. He took it away. So you you can't pay the price to, uh, to, to get off of that uh, guilt and shame bandwagon. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And and God, doesn't want us to pay a price. It just and again with that example of the woman caught in adultery, when Jesus said, "Go and sin no more," he wasn't saying, "Now, now pay this price." You know, you've sinned, and so now, uh, in order to make up for it, go and sin no more. Again, it was he was freeing her up by taking her guilt and, sh- and shame away. He was freeing her up to go and sin no more. Uh, there's no sin that we need to carry in and of ourselves. And, and, you know, Jesus bore that for us because we couldn't do that for ourselves. And so when we do 
sin, and and when we have uh, that guilt and shame in, in our minds, it's really a, it's really a mindset that we carry around, and sometimes it's a heavy burden that you know that that weighs us down in our minds and in our hearts. When we do that, the you know the way out of that is to realize and to understand that Christ has borne all of that. He's taken all of that for us. He's taken away, like you said. I like I really like how you said that. He's taken away the sin itself that caused the guilt and shame. All of that was transferred on to him. And so our response to Christ when we've sinned, rather than carrying around this load of sin and of guilt and shame, instead turn around and walk in love. And in order to walk in love, it's it's we need to know God's love for us. We need to be identified with with Christ's love for us. God so loved the world that that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we could walk in that when we start to really, truly believe it. And so when we sin, in, instead of our the, the common thing that perhaps we do, running and hiding from God, instead, face, you know, get face to face with God in the light of his love and his grace and his mercy that's taken all of your sin away and uh, rejoice in that and say, I thank you, God, that my sin and my shame and my guilt has been taken away. All right, so as far as next week on Growing in Grace, we'll talk more about shame and guilt and and why it should not really be a, a part of our lives anymore. But this thing about our sins being taken away, have you ever wondered where they were taken to? Where where do they go? We'll talk about that next time on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.